This weekend, Andy can't jump, Ryan hits his prime, and we race some carts in a cheese land. I'm Ryan. I'm Andy. And this is Weekend Rental, episode 146. Well, I, I say we pick things up on a topic that we left off on last time, because I was skeptical of your news of Nintendo being Nintendo again. And you tried to warn me that that Metroid Prime remastered thing was going to turn into a shit show. And I was like, no, that's going to be fine. And it wasn't. And you were right. And I was so pissed. <laughs> what happened? Why Nintendo Nintendo us again? No. Nope. How, how can they not just make enough of something? They had to have like based on the sale of dread, they should have had rough estimates <clears throat> on how many of these should have been released. Right. Yeah, I feel like there's like it's a, a trickle that they're doing. You know, they have them, but yeah. they're trying to pump it or something. I don't know. It's weird. I don't get it. And the scalping then went crazy. So I did. I wanted to buy it at Best Buy because I had a gift certificate. So I was like, I'm going to go there. And of course, they got none in. So I go to the one target. They got none in. Um, And I think what I think had I maybe done Walmart's day of we just happened to get a bl- like a blizzard that day too so I didn't do the round i think i probably could have found them at walmart because it seemed like a lot of people were picking them up there but yeah my whole local area was out um and my my parents just happened to live hour and 20 minutes away in a small town with a walmart so i just text and was like hey by chance when you're at walmart can you look and they had three <laughs> copies and she got me one so wow and that was the day after launch but yeah, a lot of angry people. I saw some people that were just like, well, why do we do this? Like, why do we allow Nintendo to make it hard? Why do, why do we go out of our way to buy products that they make hard for us to get? It's a good, it's a good question. Yeah. Especially after like, it wasn't even, it was already delayed, right? Compared well, to the yeah, digital. Kind of, right? Because it was like available digitally. So you'd have figured that it'd have been a first wave of people that bought it. But I mean, they they should have anticipated because Dread sold well at 60. You're doing, I mean, that remaster, maybe I guess if people bought it on the Wii, but even then that was a long time ago, you're doing like a full remaster and you're selling it for 40 bucks. And there's been kind of a drought to first party stuff. It shouldn't have been that hard for Nintendo to be like, yeah, we're going to move a buttload of these. Yeah. So let's produce more. And then to put out the statement, they're like, oh, we're very surprised by demand. like why yeah that's why are uh, you surprised you know the last thing they probably tried to do with this was the game and watch things and that probably didn't have the demand so (laughs) there's that i still see some of those so did did you end up getting a copy i guess i didn't even ask you no i haven't i haven't even been to town since it came out really so okay you haven't attempted yet I mean, it sounds like there's a restock and they'll be trickling in over the next few weeks, but still kind of a bummer because I think a lot of people were clearly hyped for that. And then it just turned into kind of a sour, sour thing. Um, I put it in. I'm not I've not played it yet. I'm not playing it. I'm I'm playing it through my son. I was like, here, here's the controller. Let's do this. And uh, yeah, man, like. That looks real nice. Like it in like the dual stick controls and like 
you forget like how monumental that game was in comparison to a lot of the other first person stuff. Like it holds up like a halo would hold up. Like there's very, I feel like there's very like times there's time splitters. There's this, there's Metroid. And then there's like halo. And I feel like those are the games that well, you, if you're going to go PC, you can get into like half life, half life two. Sure. Like a lot of that stuff does not hold up, but this really holds up well, like the level design, the exploration instantly though you're slapped in the face with the backtracking and like the dead ends which is very metroid yeah like you free like it's starting to come to back to me just how much backtracking there will be in the future um but so far it's been really cool he's maybe sat with when we got a couple hours in so he's getting the first couple power-ups and um yeah pretty pleased with the work they put into it and i don't think you'd even have to do that much because that game looked so good Back in the day. So I, I should what I should do is like do a little comparison and throw the GameCube one in and the Wii and just kind of look. I bet but there's a big difference. There probably is. Yeah. But like having like having that nostalgia in your head, it's just like, well, this looks just like I remember. But yeah, I'm sure yep. it's incredibly different. Even like <laughs> having the texture work that they did seems like a big deal. Yeah. And having the proper like 16 by 9 ratio is is big because, you know, on the Wii, that was that was stretched. None of those games like had, yeah. you know, that, well, they weren't intended, you know, because we started out on the four by three as a standard sort of time frame. But yeah, pretty, pretty pumped to have gotten it. Um, I'm curious to see how my son likes it as we progress. So him being a big Halo fan, I think he's going to, and he likes Metroid too. I think he's going to be really into it. And then, Weirdly, something that almost never happens with our podcast is like a big hot news nugget dropped like two hours before we started recording this. And that is that Metroid Fusion's coming to uh, Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass on the 9th. So we're getting another Metroid included with that service. That right might be my favorite. Yeah. And it's I've a- played... Almost none of it. I never picked it up. I've put like an hour into it. Fusion yeah, was Fusion was the original, right? Because like Zero was the reimagining of the original. Yeah. Fusion okay. is like the the other suit basically out there. The sure. SAX or whatever. And that when I first played that, you know, it was kind of terrifying. I mean, Metroid already has terrifying <laughs> notes. Right. Whether it's like as a whole maybe not so much but there's certain aspects i feel like like the music is creepy on its own you know but then you add something that's constantly hunting you and you know exactly what it is yep that's scary yep it's uh they tried to do that with you know dread with the robots in in dread and it was too much i thought in dread but it was the same type of same type of system i thought Sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having that conveniently available to me. I think I I want to say I do own the cartridge, though. I just never played it. I think I got it later on collecting, but I'm excited to give that one a go. I'm going to get through remastered first, of course, but yeah. Yeah. So it's good. Um, good and bad times if you're a Metroid fan right now, I guess, is what we're trying to say. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought, though? you know, Metroid games being hot again and, you know, for a good Hotter year now. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. It's cool to see. Have you picked anything up then or played anything new? Uh, I scrounged around, scrounged around on uh, Game Pass for a while the other day. Okay, Any, there's been some new additions, right, with the start of the month. Yeah, um, I played a somewhat older one. It's uh, Citizen Sleeper, which, hmm, it's kind of a D and D campaign. I would say <laughs> more than more than a, a game. It's uh, okay. It's it's a storybook or it's a story with lots of reading and lots of character work and lots more reading and uh you use dice to progress oh. the story um and the mechanic is basically just kind of like keeping yourself different gauges up so you get the maximum amount of dice to use um, sounds kind of slow and painful yeah, by the end of it, I didn't care about the story at all because it had the the writing in it is pretty good, but it's it's very philosophical type of writing that just kind of drags on and <laughs> I don't know. I, I by the end of it, I was just kind of skipping through it and uh and then you basically using dice and it's like, well the whole point of the game is to progress the story with these dice so like what am i even doing here you know <laughs> you're just like i've had enough of this storyline bloated garbage and like the gameplay is not doing it for me so yeah i mean it's a indie? cool world but indie uh, game or yeah indie game um you're you're kind of uh property of a different you know company you know in space indentured servant basically that oh, okay uploaded oh, yeah, your body yeah, and screenshots yeah you, they upload your body into a uh a robot and you basically yes. are in a different space station trying to survive away from the company that technically owns you huh but trying to make a life there and you know see, meeting all the people on the space station and you know the politics involved and what's going on there and it's a lot of that stuff um i don't there's a lot of like different choices, but I just didn't feel like it changed a lot. Like no consequence for. Yeah. Like I, f- I feel like the storyline would have still ended up that way. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but sure. So you did get through it though. Yeah. It's about five hours, I think. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, that's for something like that. I mean, if you're going to put five hours in the time and at least you need to finish it, I guess. Yeah. And over half of it's probably reading, you know, just yeah. just reading sounds like a not me game reading what are you talking about <laughs> yeah i'm wanna... surprised i went i got that far into it i i just i think i saw how i looked up how long it was and i'm like well i have to be almost there so i might as well finish it but yeah at that point interesting anything else new on game pass to cut your eye uh i picked up high f- high rush Okay, the name sounds familiar, but what is that? This, it's a really highly animated beat 'em up action game that is to a rhythm of the song of a song. So you um, like time your attacks into into the beat, right? So throughout the whole game, there is a running beat of different songs, and uh, some of them are just kind of generic ones that they come up with. 
Okay. And some of them are not. They're, for example, I think the first boss I got to, which is almost pretty much what all I've played of it, but the first boss is like a nine inch nail song that you're oh. doing the beat to. So it's kind nice. of fun. Um, yeah. So you have a old am, uh, iPod like in your chest. Okay. And that's kind of like what the world is going off of. Everything around you is kind of beating to the music too. Okay. Kind of like a Samba de Amigo style world, you know? Sure. Um, but the animation style is like very detailed and it's kind of cell shaded, but it also has that like limited frame rate that like uh, the, the Miles Morales Spider-Man yeah kind of okay. has that's cool. that's what it, yeah it kind of reminds me of a lot of that movie so uh just the style alone is cool and then yeah so far the music i've jived pretty good with so yeah i think i'm gonna keep going with that game interesting and is that I'm, single player only i think so yep okay i'm uh not as good as i i thought i would be but it's okay. It's we're, we're middle-aged white guys. We don't <laughs> yeah. have rhythm. It's not our fault. Yep. Exactly. It, it's one of those things where, like, as soon as you have, like, a, an action set piece away from the music, it's hard to focus on the music again. Yeah. I can see that. Because, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a whole bunch of combos. Like, you're, you're buying combos, and uh, each of those combos are different timings. So, like... Some of them are half notes. Some of them are whole notes. And uh, yeah, it's uh, It's a lot to keep track of. Yeah. Especially if I suppose they're getting pretty complicated and you had to string like six things together perfectly. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. How about you? Um, Well, I'll tell the Metroid. I want I really wanted to get back into a monster hunter. I don't know where the time went. But we'll have to do more of that. But I did jump online. Um, uh, Frazier out of um, a bu- one of our buddies over at the R3 Rainbow Recorder Pete podcast reached out. Um, we're talking about maybe we should record again at some point. But then he's also like, why don't we just play a game online sometime? I was like, yeah, I mean, sure. Of course, why not? So we found a time and um, it, we're looking at like cross platform stuff because he doesn't have xbox stuff i don't have the newest playstation but um that evil dead game came out on game pass or playstation plus or whatever last month so we both had that and wanted to give it a shot um so we jumped online and did that for a couple hours it was fun i am fucking awful though like i was the worst rated player in the game every time um and that is like I liked it. Like the, the vibe, the aesthetic and everything is like on point. If you're a big fan of evil dead, um, but there's, it throws a lot at you. Like it's a very dark, like intentionally dark game. And it's wooded for the most part in a lot of these maps. So you're just, if you're playing as the good guys, you're getting jumped constantly from every direction. Um, and then like, you have to know where the objective points are. It's also like super critical to stick with your group because you're not that strong. I feel like, the balance is a little off in this one because if you're playing humans, it's four humans against three bad human controlled characters where like a lot of those, like 
you know, Dead by Daylight and stuff like that. It's like always one. There's always a yeah. one bad person. One like super have, overpowered guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, you have three people who are overpowered here. Like that doesn't seem fair to me. Um. So we never actually, <laughs> I mean, it was our first night, but we didn't actually win anything online. We finally did an AI match at the end and like, we we're kind of starting to get like the rhythm of it. Um, And we did win that one. Finally, I was still the worst rated player. Um, even among the AI people, but yeah, we had a good time. Got to BS and, and play some games. So it was fun. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. And we will have to do it again and get you and Chris and involved. Find a night we can all jump on. Yeah. Play something. So, but what do you do as a human then? Basically just um, try and run. Yeah. So like a lot of those games, you know, it's like get to your escape Um, in this one. So, the objective of every round is as the human, you need to find the map pieces to locate a dagger to perform like a ritual incantation that reveals the um, location of the Necronomicon. And then you have to defend the Necronomicon from falling into the wrong hands um, so that it doesn't like do more bad magic. And then if, Essentially, you've like secured it at that point and then the mission's over. Um, so it's just kind of this four point run where you're like trying to get to the next objective on the map. And then obviously, if you're the bad guys, you're just trying to prevent that from happening. So then along the way, you're basically looting. You get limited resources. Um, and then if you do happen to die, you can revive people or if they die, die. Um, you can capture their souls and like resurrect them at certain points, but it's again, you're a sitting duck almost. You have to get to those points. They'll be murdered or tracked, but it's pretty cool. Cause you can hop in a car. Um, but also the other people can like possess the vehicles and like it gets huh. kind of nuts. Uh, and there's like some horrific jump scares that I'm pretty sure both of us about shit our pants where like just like flashes up on the screen. I was not at all prepared for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, totally captures the vibe aesthetic and like what you would want as an evil dead fan. I mean, it's, it's good. There's good quips in there too. One liners from everybody. It's, so um, it's, it's old style basically then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And it, well, it, it well, it, and actually it mixes everything. So they've got like different versions of Bruce from like the first film up through like newer stuff. It's, it's kind of interesting. And then even the baddies, like, you can play as the original bad people, or you can be like the newer versions from the series. And it's kind of, sure. it kind of does it all. It's, it's not a style of game that I am particularly good at. And I've played them before. Um, however, I think if you had a group, you know, where it was everyone you knew and you fill the mm-hmm. lobby, it'd be pretty sweet. So I was just glad I got to play it finally. Yeah, that's but, cool. I feel, I feel like a lot of those type of games is, once you know the the people that are in there that know the meta know how to play yeah and know the choke points of you know the common areas or whatever yeah and that was definitely the vibe i got was like you need to put the time in to understand each map the objective the points that are important and then yeah you're probably going to do pretty well but it's a slow burn to get there i think if you do, if you don't so but I, I mean, I recommend checking it out. It was, it was cool, especially for free. I mean, 
What can you not for free? I think right. I already, didn't we already get it free on Epic though over like the holidays too? I think it was. I think so. Yeah. I think it was an Epic store giveaway at some point, but yep. yeah, I think that is, I think the, that is the only game I played then besides. Yeah. I did. Hit, or We've hit high rank in monster hunter, but haven't done much beyond that. <sighs> yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah. So we got to like, so we got past post credits and now we're in like new game plus pretty much is like we we've unlocked the second wave of 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 things in Monster Hunter where we actually have like upgrade options. Uh we can embed crystals and stuff into our gear. So yeah, I think we've been sitting here scratching our heads like when are we gonna get to that? And like we finally broke through. So yeah. We gotta get back in there. Um yep. for sure next week and get a couple more nights in because yeah we had kind of on a roll run an exciting point in that it's just finding mm-hmm. the time to do it yeah <clears throat> but yeah monster hunter still great that's the update on monster hunter yeah um i also they had um at games was running a owners national owners sale for their legend stuff and Basically, it focused more on like the accessories and and add-on packs for like discounts and like prizes and stuff. So I finally pulled the trigger and I did order that drop-in arcade stick for my at games pinball table, and then I also bought the Vibs board, which is like the visual visual uh, display board that you can. It's it's like a it's not a. It's not a mod, I guess it is sort of. It's it's in, you put it in so you can basically dual screen uh, a PC. And so when I use PC, I can control the images in both the backsplash screen and then the play table. Um, oh yeah. So obviously, it just lets you map like you'd want it to, so you can get get the full full effect. Um, and then I don't know when that stuff will come in, but it was it was deeply discounted. I think I got them both for under 200 shipped. Um, and that'll oh. pretty much if I put the effort into it, if I ever get around to it, cause I don't know when that time frame is going to be, but essentially with the stuff I've been watching, I could get unlimited pinball tables. I found there's, um, what is it called? Like pin up or something like that. It's just like a online collaborative platform where people, have free tables you can make like people make tons of them there's like 1300 of them out there sure um, so i can i can get that set up and then even if i never use the vibs board or whatever at least i'll have it um if i get around to it in the future but i think the arcade stick for sure will be cool and then um they had the option too because they're coming out with a new line um and the new operating system and interface where you could have bought the new version of that to insert into these retro machines, but it was like 30 bucks back. If you traded them in your old board, you got a $15 discount, but it was still like $350. I'm like, that's, that's what I paid for the table. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it works pretty good. So I don't think I need the new, granted it said it came with 50 built in tables instead of whatever the original, but I'm like, I don't don't think I need that. So yeah. yeah. So we'll see. So that's more stuff that'll just go in the someday pile. I fully expect, but at least I've like future proofed it. So when I get bored and want to play something else, I can do some work on it. And I don't think it'd yeah. be all that difficult. 
I'll probably do the I'll probably do the coin ops X thing relatively soon, but I don't think I've I'll install the Vibs board, but I don't think I'm gonna get around to doing that. That that's pretty time intensive and I don't have a lot of that right now. Sure. But someday, someday yeah. I could. I uh I saw a thing today that there's a new thing on GitHub for uh, the Mr. FPGA platform oh. uh, that they might have a way to get it running on a way cheaper, way more common board. Like a pie? <clears throat> um, I don't know what it is, but if it's like that, even it's probably cheaper than a pie. Pies are shit. They're hundred over a hundred dollars still. What? Yeah why they were always like 40 uh yeah so they started adding new stuff to it and got you know bigger and better and then the covid hit and they still haven't really come down doesn't come back huh yeah um but to get a mister installed for way cheaper that might be worth trying yeah because what's like a base mister like 400 bucks I mean, if you're going to get the it, add-ons, like if somebody was going to install it and make a case for you and everything, it's probably about 400. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can compile it yourself and build it yourself for less than that. But even the board, I think is just a couple hundred, maybe, I don't know. And they're, they're like an educational board, which I'm sure the people that actually use it for education are just absolutely hate what happened to it because they can't <laughs> as soon as they're available anywhere they're just gone sure yeah i'm like i like the work that's being done on the mister but i'm waiting for like in five years when there's the next thing that's like the mister but it's just like stupidly easy like you know yeah doesn't need a bunch of add-ons like things will be mostly just drag and drop because the community will have them ready and Cause you know, that's yeah. not that far off. Right. Yeah. And we're still at that point where like, I feel like we've been in here for like damn near like 20 years where, yeah, I mean, you can emulate anything up to PlayStation one just perfectly. And then once you get into PS one, Sega Saturn and all that, then, then it gets kind of weird, you know? And that the mister is still stuck in that no man's land of trying to tackle that generation generation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's always a tough spot. You cut out a little bit, but I'm guessing you're referring to more like the CD stuff and like the Saturn yep. and yeah. Yeah, that's that's still always the hurdle, isn't it? It's like there's a reason that there's that market for all that, you know, $200 add-on to drop an SD card reader into your CD tray for X console yep. and yeah. Well, that's cool though. Like I don't know, like just the work on like <clears throat> progressing emulation for those harder CD based consoles is getting done on the mystery. I think is pretty huge. You know, I think like they're getting places with the three DO and the Saturn that they've not been before, which is, is cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's places that you can, you know, even do modern stuff, you know, if you wanted to, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, why is it, isn't that weird? Isn't it weird that it seems like the modern stuff is like 
instantly up and running like pretty well on stuff like is it because like the architecture is just it's gone like straight pc or like android based and so like yeah it's just not that difficult there's not like custom you know cpus anymore and yeah it's probably just breaking the security locks on every anything and you're good to go you know i don't have to take into account like fucked up chipsets from yeah sega and Atari. like i i always think that too like how bad the jaguar is with like that fucking awful infrastructure like anything that doesn't just use that like um what is it the motorola board that's like the the standard one like just doesn't the other stuff is just terrible i've watched yeah. even some people with misters they're like we're doing a jaguar night and then you turn into their stream and it's like oh you're getting like one and a half frames a second there yeah. like, you might want to turn this off well, so. I nobody's ever put the time into it, you know. I'm sure right. it's one of those things where you have to have a huge. I mean, you have to have a pretty major passion. Yeah, to solving I feel like, the the Jaguar to get it going. I feel like yeah, if you're gonna like put that much work into emulating the Jaguar to get it perfect, you're like to me that's the same sort of like weird fetish to be like the type of person who likes to like you know those people that like to like masturbate by like sticking a stick up their pee hole. Like, I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like that's about the equivalent. Of the that's the same personality. You gotta like, you're pretty fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the opposite of what God intended, and, and you're getting enjoyment out of it. Is what I'm trying to say. It's about was, the equivalent. That, yeah, that was the Jaguar's pitch line, right? <laughs> the opposite of God wanted. <laughs> Do the math. Uh, I, hey, I yeah. got a good. I got a good uh, segue to that okay i uh i watched white man can't jump for the first time last night yes i'm staring at my copy for the jaguar right now uh, yep that movie's a lot different than what you expect isn't it yes it's weird it's a um, weird drama very jeopardy heavy yeah alex trebek makes a, a a appearance in that movie that you would never expect to happen yeah um you think you're getting into a money about like street basketball. And I mean, I guess you kind of are, but not really. Not really. I mean, yeah, it's about, I don't, I am not, I'm not sure what, what it's about. There's <laughs> nothing that happens. The only character development in the whole movie is Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Dunks at the end like that. Yeah. He couldn't dunk and now he can dunk. That was the only thing that progressed in that whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, so when that came out, obviously you and I were much younger, but I remember seeing that for the first time too. And I came like syndication or something. I was like, this is like, this was the movie. Like this was hyped up. Like everybody's <laughs> talking about it. Like, I don't get it. I think it's just had a, it, it had a catchy title and it had a couple celebrities at the time. And yeah. cause it's, you know, Wesley Snipes was big. Um, Woody Harrelson was big, but yeah, it's just not a cohesive film really no i it doesn't value it to me it doesn't value the viewer's time which i think is the worst part because <laughs> yeah, those same mistakes keep happening it's like yeah. we did this again and then, and then we did it again um and that the actress who plays his girlfriend she just annoys the shit out of me oh yeah that's i think that was on purpose but maybe not yeah, probably know. uh i think i wonder if like the street talk and the yo mama jokes and stuff like that were a really fresh thing at that point. Yeah, maybe. I mean, 
I guess that was probably when you were starting to see more of that culture like bleed through into the mainstream. Because when did that come out? It was like late nineties, mid nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. I got to look now. 95. Is that too soon? Yeah. I would say 95 or six. I would say. I guess it was on the Jaguar. (laughs) Oh, geez. 92. Really? Okay. Wow. I guess that makes a little more sense than like the other cultural touch points. But then a few years later, then they made a, (laughs) why I can't jump game for the Jaguar. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, why man can't jump is a weird one because it's not really funny. It's not really a drama. It doesn't really teach you anything. I don't know. No, there's nothing that happens in it. There's I I I watch it and I couldn't believe that this was made and was as popular as it was. And then I started to think, is Woody Harrelson the first Chris Pratt? Don't, don't do that to Woody. He doesn't deserve that. I mean, Woody has talent. Okay, but he his he made he was made famous for being a dumb dumbass on a sitcom, right? Yeah, but Woody, look, come on, he's like he's the bald, unattractive everyman who somehow still was like an A lister in Hollywood. Like nobody, nobody has like nobody is like looking at Chris Pratt in that way of like, oh, he's just. Our buddy, he's, I don't know. I think I have a harder time believing Woody Harrelson as a badass. Like what he is in Zombieland compared to what he is in Cheers. (laughs) That is so far on the opposite ends of the spectrum, even comparing to like Chris Pratt. But he's done like that stuff. Like, wasn't he like American Psycho and stuff where he's like completely deranged and there were there were roles but yeah i mean i yeah. guess it depends on what you have in your head for woody harrelson he's done a lot of serious stuff for sure yeah well actor. his career is just i mean the amount of work he's done over his like since cheers is kind of crazy yep <clears throat> he is he's a bit one note though which i guess chris pratt is also somewhat one note woody i mean woody's got more variety for sure but yeah I think Woody Harrelson is a better Mario. He would have been a better Mario. Oh, God. I can't even picture that. (laughs) Be running around asking the Toads for Twinkies. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So what made you decide to sit down and watch that one for whatever reason? I I have no idea. I uh, Sometimes, like, in the middle... uh, I'll just have the TV on and turn on Tubi if I don't want to actually stay up and watch anything. And I just randomly put that that thing on, just assuming that I'd fall asleep in like 10 minutes. I'm amazed but you didn't, because isn't it also like two and a half hours? Or it's, like it's pretty long. It's a long run time for what they give you. Yep. It's just a lot of, oh shit, we lost money, we have to play basketball again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't know that I'll ever sit down and watch that again. No, I think I'm good. Would not recommend it. Uh, one I would recommend, and I've talked about it in the past, but Picard. If you haven't jumped on Paramount yet, or if you have and you've slept on this one, they've they're posting the final season now. So it's season three. I think two episodes are up. Um, two or three. It's looking very good. 
They're bringing back in some more old crew members that hadn't been in the series so far. It also appears or would appear that uh, Sir Patrick Stewart was a naughty little boy with uh, Dr. Crusher because it seems like maybe they had a offspring together. We'll see. I'm not as it hasn't officially unfolded yet, but wow. Apparently like a still senior citizen, Patrick Stewart impregnated a probably close to senior citizen, <laughs> Dr. Crusher too at the time. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know, but it's looking like all signs are pointing to probably. Has anybody checked in on Wesley Crusher? Asked him how he feels yeah. about his new sibling. You know, I, I know for sure they would at some point bring him in. But, like, I don't know if you can bring him back into the fold in, like, a serious role after he just, like, played himself on Big Bang Theory for 10 years. Yeah. I think it would just be impossible. Well, isn't he? He's doing, like, some interview thing for it, right? Oh, really? Like, he is involved in this, but not in the show. He's, like, doing Star Trek interviews and shit like that of the cast. I can see that. I mean, now's a good time to do it because with Paramount, Plus, like they're putting out the best Star Trek stuff probably ever, like right now between Picard and uh, Strange New Worlds. Like those are fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see where this goes. I'm trying to think. I think they're a pretty limited run, like maybe like 10 or 12 episodes a season. So it's getting pretty near the end. I mean, Patrick Stewart is looking pretty damn old. So kind of makes sense to wrap it up. But yeah. I I expected to go out on a high note. It's both previous seasons have been just excellent. So it's good. Yeah, I need to, I need to get into it. All that. Once you get in there and then you try and decide which ones to pick. I've heard discovery is not that great. Yeah, I would, I would skip discovery. We got two and a half or three episodes in and there's like six or five. Um, That one goes off the rails pretty hard with the second season to the point where I just couldn't continue watching it. I'd almost recommend going back and rewatching Orville instead. Yeah. I'm saying you do more of that. Damn it. But yeah, it was cool to see more Picard again. I'm excited for, you know, that they always drop those like this time of year, like right when my renewals coming, Yep. It's like, ah, oh, do I need Paramount? It's like, well, I do for at least another month. So, <laughs> uh, and then I suppose The Last of Us. You've been keeping up on that. We might as well, yeah, catch up on that. That's that was a, a pretty big episode or two. Yeah, since we last that, talked, <clears throat> that last episode was cool. Just uh, uh, being stuck in a deserted mall. Yeah. And uh, seeing people that never even experienced that culture before, too, you know? Yeah. Mortal Kombat, that was a real big deal. Yeah. Kind of like how they touched that story arc back. Like, that was pretty neat. Um, To, like, an earlier episode when she's like, oh, my friend loved this game. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you actually see that, yeah. The way that last episode ended, I thought was a little like, I mean, to push the plot point along makes sense, but it was just a little like, well, you had a two second encounter and this is where we're at, but 
I don't know. It, it was still cool. Like, yeah, I agree. The fact that like, isn't that every like kid's dreams, like having an abandoned mall all to yourself and just ripping the coin <laughs> machine open and yeah. Free yeah. Play. I thought the episode prior was pretty cool too. And then, like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, even though I'm past where I was in the game, though, you get to those plot points where, you know, my wife's like, Oh my God, is he dead? And it's like, well, and I'm pretty sure I saw him in the trailer for the second game. So I'm going to bet. No, <laughs> you never know. Unless they really deviated from the story here. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. If re- super entertaining. If I, if I remember right in the game, this is right around the point where, uh, you start playing as Ellie for a while, which okay. makes sense to kind of what's happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, I can see that. And then she is like the main protagonist, right? Like that's who you're playing as through two. Yep. Yeah. Well, half of it. Then you're playing as a, a different girl, mm. which is why I dropped that game and never finished it. But. Huh. Yeah. I, I still really like it. I think it's a great show and it's, it's refreshing now being at the point where it's like, that's what I've played. So and kind of just enjoy it for what it is and not have to get upset about what it's not. Exactly. Which is how sh- shows should be. I think that, that guy, Pedro Pascual is just king of the mountain right now. Dude, he's gotta be so loaded. You see the interview about him talking about how he didn't realize he got the job. Yeah. Because <laughs> he looked like an he Indian to, or whatever. Or yeah, Indian and he had to call again. Him. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I did watch uh, that last Wonder Woman movie. The kids wanted to see that. He's in that. Oh, and he's second one. Yeah. He's not good in that movie. <laughs> what is it? Wonder Woman 1886 or something? 1884 or something like that. Yeah. It's that's yeah. a dumb movie. Awful I movie. bought it on like Redbox was like clearance and you know, and I got it for like two bucks just to buy the Blu-ray and like we still never watched it because I just heard such bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, even the first one, like I get why people were excited about it. It's like, oh, strong female protagonist. But like when you really think about what that film was, like it wasn't a very good movie either. I didn't think outside of that. I mean, the story was pretty no. weak. So. I don't know. What's uh, Megan? Is that that movie with the creepy girl? Yeah, the creepy little AI. Uh, oh, shit. What is that? What was that sitcom? Small Wonder? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah, with the little maid girl? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what, what this movie was. Um, Except with more murder? More AI and more murder, yeah. It's definitely a Chucky situation where... Uh, smart house and the smart AI takes over and starts killing things, you know? I'm assuming there's a scene where, like, somebody gets a little handsy, right? Like, a little perverted guy and, like, likes little girls. Is there a scene of that No. No. What? No. I just assumed that was going to be in the movie. Like, get a Lorena Bobbitt moment or something. No. Um, so, I won't spoil too much. It's it's kind of the basis of the, the movie, right? It happens right away is uh, this little girl and her uh, parents get in a car accident. Her parents die. And then she has to live with her uh, aunt, 
who works at a toy company. Okay. And her aunt is very, uh, not very good with kids. Makes sense. Yeah. That's a plot um, point, I guess. Very, very into her job, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's basically she. the reason why they invented, she invented this toy doll is to, you know. So she could be a negligent parent and still feel good kind about Kind of, yes. Okay. The, the part that I, I, I was offended by was there was a uh, um a social worker basically has to come and you know do meetings with with the the kid and the the new guardian to see how things are going and stuff and uh a lot of the problems that the social worker was listing are uh things that I let fly in my house so I was like oh man what <laughs> What do you like call juggling me? Juggling knives, dirt? drinking <laughs> just one beer a night is fine. Or, you know, having a tablet in their hand for more than an hour. Oh my oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mention that because my kids had their like annual pediatrician checkup or whatever. And then, and then apparently, like, part of the conversation in that room was the doctor asking my kids stuff about screen time and my son's like oh yeah i probably play switch like six hours a day he's like, no, like no you do not he's like oh yeah like six six so she was like horrified and making us look like awful parents and she's like my wife's like no like maybe on a snow day maybe on like a saturday he gets up to six total but like not yeah. every day that's not a thing so funny he's just like belligerent and confident in his number that like six a day yeah at least probably he's probably not even awake six hours a day other than past (laughs) school right yeah well for the amount of like stuff i see him running around doing in the house yeah but i i mean granted my son probably does have more screen time than most kids his age but it's also a big hobby of his so and Mm -hmm. it's winter you know in the summer it's different yeah it's funny. Yeah, I'm sure like <laughs> that's like one of those things where you always think about like if you get like someone reports you to social services, like could you imagine like the stuff that people would like criticize you for coming into your home and like just this is just normal family shit. Yeah. At least I'm at least I'm not pulling off my belt and smacking my kids like my parents <laughs> right, were. Right, like, exactly. I think we're doing all right here. Yep. I think we're good. It's like it's uh during the school school week, I see my kids about an hour and a half or two hours a day. So, uh, yeah. And there's four of them. So, <laughs> well, yeah, like my daughter now, she's at that age where she comes home. She immediately goes down to her room. She'll come up to eat, immediately goes back down to her. So, like, yeah, I high and by like four times a day. Yeah. During the week is kind of where I'm at with her. They grow up so fast. Yep. Well, what do you got for staff picks? Anything exciting? Uh, clearly not. White men can't jump. <laughs> no, that that will will pass. I do not recommend that movie. Um, we've had a lot of sickness in our house this last week, um, and that usually ends up with surprise a lot of screen time. <laughs> uh oh, I'm calling social <laughs> services. <laughs> um. So we uh, were just watching th- through old movies, you know, that were 
on the on the streaming. We watched some uh, Indiana Jones with the kids and stuff like that. Um, and then we got to Men in Black, which I haven't watched that one probably since. I maybe watched it a second time at some point, but oh, really? Okay. Other than that, it's probably been when it first came out. Um, sure. And I gotta say that one holds up. Yeah, holds up really well. I think that might be the only one in the series that you can say that about. But yeah, the only other one that was streaming was the third one, and that one wasn't. That one was not great. And did they make four, or did they stop at three? I forget. They made another one, but that was like with Thor. Yeah. Instead, yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, I don't really count anything other than the first two as like canon for me and i think really only the first one is the one that to this day is still like a good cohesive film yep yeah i i don't remember much of the second one the second one is where he has to go back and because k has forgotten that he was what, right guy, so right. get him back on board yep and then i just remember there's a johnny knoxville appearance and yep yeah, yeah. The first one is where it's at. Like that guy who plays Edgar. Oh, the bug guy. Oh man, I don't know that's... how you could better pull that off. Like he actually looks like a creature wearing a human. Yeah, and like it's just no special effects. Hardly, he just like contorts his face so horribly. And yep, and the way he the like tries to pretend to be human is just hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The way he just sits in a truck, like as if people are just supposed to sit in a truck like that. It's just, <laughs> oh man, it's that he might be the best part of that movie for sure. Um, yeah, I, but also, I'm not a huge Will Smith fan, but this he's pretty good in this one. Yeah, I pretty would say that was like, I think it's, I mean, he had that in Independence Day right around the same time. Mm hmm. But I would say this one was definitely the one that kind of like really blew him up. Like he he was like perfect for that role. Like he's just his smart ass off like the straight man yeah. partner. Yeah. I used to think like he was so cool too. Like me and my friends, like when he walked into that interview thing the first day and he's got like those fucking like boots on the jeans and then like orange jacket. And you're like, oh man, <laughs> Will Smith dress is fucking cool. I want to look like Will Smith. At some point, he had like a motocross like uh, suit on, and half of it was just like tied around his waist. You know, yeah. like the bottoms were just. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a great film. I, I agree with you. That one definitely holds up. Yeah, I, I watched that. I got that on VHS, and I'm pretty sure I wore that tape out. <laughs> I just watched it constantly. Yep. I. I did start thinking that this has a lot of similarities to modern Marvel films. Like a lot of the situations and the comedy in it are very reminiscent of like how Marvel has their comedy and, you know, and like the alien threat and what weapons we're going to do to deal with it. And, you know, like, Oh, this is, you know, one guy getting into a world that he's not familiar with. And yeah, I can see some of that. Definitely the Avengers type stuff. Yep. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, so my staff pick is one. 
it's going to be a Hulu exclusive, but I watched that there's a documentary too funny to fail. And it's basically like the behind the scenes story of Dana Carvey show. Oh, that's this I, thing. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if anyone remembers the Dana Carvey show. Probably not. Cause it aired like <laughs> seven episodes following home improvement, which it definitely should not have. Um, and then you don't realize like the star power behind that. So you had like, uh, I forget the name of the guy, uh, but he's the, he was a writer on SNL and Conan. He's the guy behind triumph, the insult comic dog. Oh, and Robert Smigel. Yes. Robert yep. Smigel. And then you had Louis CK again, off of Conan writing this thing you had um, from second city. So basically Dana Carvey show gave them their break. Uh, Steve Carell. And then his understudy was uh, Stephen Colbert. And they ended up hiring them both. So this is like their big like network yeah. breakthrough. And then and it's so funny because it's like they talk about Dana Carvey. Like he was just like this. And I, I remember him on SNL, right? But like he wasn't like the dude. Like I didn't think oh, he, he was, was like, my favorite. Really? Okay. So I, yeah. I liked him. But like yeah, I didn't realize he was like hugely popular in line to take over like David Letterman. And like he was on the cover of Rolling Stone and stuff. So they basically like go through the story of like how he got that Robert Schmeigel and like they just pitched the idea and people, he was so hot. Everyone was like just willing to pick it up and they came up with the idea of a sketch comedy show uh, that they were just going to like push the limits. Like, so ABC, I think they kind of explain it where ABC is like buying this thing, which ABC was definitely the wrong network sticking them behind. They're like, we're going to stick you behind the hottest show home improvement, which is like <laughs> this family oriented show. And like, these guys were out to make like, alternative like adult swim type humor you know yep. what i mean like great stuff not at all the place and just listening to them like tell the stories and like how <laughs> they talk about like the first episode where like they said abc paid for these like nielsen ratings that were like minute by minute so you knew how many people were watching and they said within the first three minutes of the show following their 16 million audience lead in off of home improvements, they'd already lost 5 million people <laughs> because they, op they opened with a sketch of Bill Clinton. I remember no this. He had nipples yeah, his, or something, right? Six, yeah. Six teats and he's breastfeeding cats and puppies. And he stands yep. up and he's got the ass of a duck. Cause he's resting on a nest. Cause like the whole thing is like, I'm going to feed like the unwanted animals of America. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you can actually watch the show. I could be wrong, but I think you could actually watch it on um, Crackle. It's oh, not really? on Hulu, so okay. only the documentary is. But yeah, just listen to them go back and like tell the stories. It's pretty hilarious. And then like the best part is, is like there's a clip, and you can find this on YouTube if you don't want to watch the whole documentary. <laughs> and they're talking about how like they thought it'd be funny. If like remember how like the old late night shows would be like sponsored by so like so we're gonna get a new sponsor so every every episode's like ta the Taco Bell Dana Carvey show or whatever like it would keep switching and then they show this fucking trailer <laughs> for ABC like what's coming up for the week and it's like it's this episode where um uh home improvement where the kid thinks he's got cancer and he's dying so it's like a super tragic like slow music like dad like, I don't want to die Tim Allen uh, hugging him and then they're like followed by the diet mug root beer Dana Carvey show. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so fucking funny. Like I was just in tears. They're showing like Steve Carell and everybody like watching this clip. Everybody just fucking dying. 
It's just like right there is when you knew that like this was definitely not going to work. I mean, that's cam. That that's pretty good comedy right there for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's it was, like it's just yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then they get to the end and they show like by season six they could get any sponsors, so they just called it like the Szechuan Dragon, like in a carving <laughs> show. He's like, yeah, that was just the place we got lunch from. Like they didn't even pay us. We just we just did it. <laughs> oh man, I yeah. <laughs> When everybody was like it. into like Adam Sandler at that time, I was all about Dana Carvey. I mean, he I had some he good was... stuff, right? Like he had like the church lady, he had like the him and Neiland uh, doing the workout guys, like yeah. the Austrian dudes. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Poor, poor Dana Carvey. I mean, that failed, and then he did Masters it. of Disguise. Oh and that yeah, Masters of Disguise. That was like the worst movie awful. ever. He and hasn't he never, done anything since. Yeah, he never came back from that. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize like he's 67, which blows my mind. doesn't seem like he's that old, but <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that documentary, even if you have a passing knowledge of who Dana Carvey is and never watched the show, just like the recounting of all these celebrities that you do now know uh, is pretty good. It, it's been out forever. I guess it was like 2017. I didn't even realize or something, but oh. or 2019, but yeah, I have seen that clip where they do the, <laughs> the diet diet monk. Monk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I the day after I just sat there and watched that on repeat in my office at, at work. And I like every time I was just like, I couldn't help but like just laugh to tears because it's so <laughs> it's so it's so amazing that the network did that promo and like didn't. Like, why would you run it like that? Like like the voiceover guy could even hold it together to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's so funny so good yeah highly recommend it i mean it's if you like quirky off the wall humor it's it's pretty great let's give let's get dana carvey a job again do something yeah well it seems like he's coming back well he's got that popular uh he's pretty huge right now with him and spade doing they they go through and like talk about um snl stuff they interview a lot of people and like okay. bring out the deep stories i guess that's like a really big podcast right now so okay it's kind of where he's coming back into the fold. Yeah, I mean, he's still funny as hell. Like when he does his voice impressions and stuff. Um, they I'm surprised they've never made a Wayne's World three. We don't need that. No, I'm just. I'm just surprised. That's all. Yeah. If you enjoy our content? Head on over to Geekade where you're going to find podcasts on video games, music, comics, movies, and so much more. And uh, Patreon exclusives like early access to episodes, recording schedules, all available at geekade.com. What's your geek? Well, should we get into the weekend rental then? Yeah. So the weekend rental, if you're new, we pick a game for a given system, we play it, we give it our rating on as to whether we would buy, rent, or burn it. Um, we have gone with, thanks to the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, uh, we've, we've gotten to go into the Game Boy Advance here a little bit, and we're going to talk about Mario Kart colon Super Circuit. You don't have to say the colon. I just wanted to. Um, so this is a game that came out on the Game Boy Advance near launch, not at launch. 
it's basically um think of it as a souped up direct sequel to the original super mario kart kind of bringing it back from the the second game in the franchise which was mario kart 64 keeping some of those elements like tailing uh you know items behind you um and then also in keeping with mario kart 64 this game probably has the most sadistic rubber banded ai of <laughs> any game in the mario kart series um but yeah it it knows exactly what it's doing i think there was like if you look at the game boy advance library and Nintendo was especially guilty of it. And even some other companies got in on it pretty regularly, but like, it was all about like, look, you've got a super Nintendo in your hand now, like enjoy the nostalgia. You know, it was just the new super Mario advance games were, were that too, where it's just like, they're bringing you back the stuff that you played 16 bit, but now you've got this like souped up 32 bit console to carry them around in your pocket. And they look a little better and there's new features and, that's kind of what they did here. It's a more detailed game, um, better detailed backgrounds, um, a pseudo 3d ish effect on some of the, the features and the yeah. characters um, resolution wise. It looks sort of weird, but I also think it's tougher to gauge that playing it on the switch because it is a much larger screen. Um, but if you're a fan of the original super Mario Kart, this is just a souped up version of that. I, like I said, you get, five special well you get four special you get four cups a special cup eight characters to race with by the time you unlock 150 cc you also get all of the tracks from the original super mario kart so you get there's tons of content here yeah um not to mention there's a lot of multiplayer stuff which it's easier to gauge that now because you can do it online but like i don't know how many people are like link cabling and battling back in the day but it was there yeah it's i was kind of shit talking this one last time um saying that this wasn't a very good mario kart that's right you were yeah and uh and uh i gotta eat my words um this is it's really good told you uh, i really like this game um i don't know i think it was probably because i played 64 and then going back to this was kind of a turnoff and then uh playing it on you know playing it now on a brightly colored back lit <laughs> yes that's key uh screen does wonders compared to you know probably playing this on the original game boy advance does not look as nice um as it would on on the switch screen um the cool things that i really liked about this game as you can see in my background they always put these giant big sprites doing something in the background of yep. everything um this one in some cases know, has, like it's firing things into your way too like right ships and things yep and that part was really <laughs> impressive like i don't think that could have been on the original super nintendo one right um and it does have like you said the uh hold things on the back which and helps has, a ton because they hadn't yet in, introduced 
like the blue shell into the series. So like if you're in the lead, most often you're getting the red shell in your ass. So it's like always nice to have that option to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that is a huge plus to this game. If you can stay in the lead, you pretty much have it. Um, the AI gets a little bit weird sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's real aggressive. I feel like even at 50 CC, it's pretty good. But like when you get to the later ones, it's like, I mean, it's nothing that if you're unfamiliar with, or if you're familiar with Mario Kart, you can't deal with. But yeah, it's pretty, you're always going to be neck and neck. Yeah. It's a, what's so dumb to me is that Mario Kart is so randomized all the way through the whole series. It's the AI, the AI and where you place seems to be random. If it wants you to lose, it'll throw a bunch of junk at you, you know, blue shells yeah. left and right. Yet. The placement of the AI is almost always the same. Like it's the second place person is always going to be second place, you know, unless yep. something weird happens right at the end. Character's nemesis is, is yeah, yeah, always identical. That was always yep. the fun I had with. Um, again, because I played the Super Nintendo one religiously, it was like you could you could topple the AI if you nuked the guy who was your number one opponent twice and prevented them from getting first or second place behind you on the first two maps, it would bump them back to third. And then your third place guy was your new like main. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so I always had I fun with that. that. It's like, well, who annoys me more? Like I'll, I'll kill really? this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny. Cause like you mentioned the 64 and like you were excited. So this one didn't jump out. And to me, this was like the cleansing bath to wash away <laughs> the filth that was Mario Kart 64. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted and more of it. Um, I will say Do- <sighs> some of the level design with the backgrounds, like, I, like you mentioned, they look great, but like it can be a bit much on some of the tracks that I don't think are like as well thought out as others. Yeah. And I do think that overall, while the music is good, like the sound design's good and the music is fine. There's nothing. I'm not walking away humming these track tunes like I would with mm-hmm. better Mario Kart games. It's, it's probably the weakest soundtrack um, yeah. from a first party title, first party Mario Kart. Well, they're all first party, but I, I did notice that right away. I was like, I didn't like they were fine. They were fitting, but it was just it didn't connect to you. Like I there's just like so many tracks like I see from Super Mario Kart, like instantly in my head that like, you know, that, that tune's going. Yeah. Um, and that's just not the case here. I think it uh, takes too long to get your your uh, boost from a drift. Yeah, it um, feels a little loose, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like only in 150 does that really even make a difference. Yeah, I found myself doing the like tap strategy way more than the drift strategy, just because I felt like I, I got more out of it and didn't yeah. have to and didn't have to worry about like the balance of control. Um. What was the other point I was going to make? Must have been a good one if I forgot. <laughs> Can't even think. Uh, yeah. <coughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say like the ghost mode is nice inclusion, like straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially for like hardcore fans, because like you don't think about it too much, but like that ghost mode, you can get a lot of mileage out of that. Just trying to beat times. Um, especially after you've gotten good enough to just kind of master the main game that adds a lot of legs. So it's nice that they kind of put that at the forefront. 
Um, I also heard that there's a battle mode in here, which I didn't go online to play any of it, but apparently it supports all that, like up to four player, which if that's the case, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's always a good time. I, I did feel like in, in the number isn't different, but for whatever reason, the way they set up the character select screen on this, it just felt more limited. You know what I mean? Like it, it's still eight players, but like it just took up such a small part of the screen real estate. Like it doesn't take you to a separate like selection screen. Yeah. You don't get so, to see their whole face and them happy yeah. when you select them and drive away. And yeah. So I almost felt like I was being gypped. It's like, Oh, there's almost less here. But yeah. when I did the math, I was like, no, that adds up, I guess. But, um, Oh, that's the point I was going to make. So coins in the first super Mario Kart helped you reach a maximum top speed coins in this one are dumb because they give you an overall rank so it's not enough that you won first and everything you have to also have collected enough coins for the game to give you like an s ranking okay that's what that was okay yeah and i guess that gives you another layer of challenge right it's like the yoshi coin sort of thing in mario but like it's unnecessary to me mm-hmm. like, i just didn't need it yeah it sounds like weird. there's unlockables behind it i don't think i don't think so i, I can't imagine unless Maybe unlocking, I thought just beating 150cc unlocked the other tracks. Maybe you have to also get a certain ranking with a coin. I'm not mm. sure. I didn't I didn't re- unlock all that stuff this playthrough. Um, but I distinctly remember, you know, doing that back in the day when I had this. This game's also like a little bit of a sad memory for me because I remember being a broke college student and um, my girlfriend had bought me a Game Boy Advance for my birthday. and. I only had like Tony Hawk two on it forever. And then this game came out and I was like, I really want to play Mario Kart. So what did I do? Took my PlayStation collection. I walked over to GameStop and I traded him a stack of like, well, the non listeners or non video people aren't going to be able to tell, but like I'm holding up, it was probably like 30 games. I basically (laughs) brought 30 PlayStation one games Granted, this is like 2001, so like the PlayStation's old, but it's not that old. And I brought them into GameStop, and I want to say those fuckers gave me like 42 bucks. Like literally, I still had to put like a oh, dollar on top to cover the tax to buy this game. And it was just crushing, and I was like, "Fine, I'll do it." <laughs> but still pissed. Like I wish I hadn't done that because I, it was like my C and B tier stuff playstation like it kept like the good but it was like i still had some good filler junk in there like some television compilations and stuff but mm-hmm. yeah bastards so this game always kind of like has a little bit of sadness around it for me it doesn't have if you're talking about just the races they're really short um most cups are going to be 10 minutes if that yeah to run through so i mean if you're talking five cups like you you said there's some maybe some extra unlocks um if you're not playing with anybody else there might not be a whole lot a whole lot uh beyond that but i think that makes a good portable is to be to knock out a cup that quick too you know yeah be able to just play it on the go and because <laughs> it really does focus on doing the gp stuff you know so it's like they want you to lock in for a series of races. Um, 
Yeah, I, I wish there had been a little bit more variety too. I guess maybe my only other complaint is they really stuck for the most part to the same level format that you got out of Super Mario Kart. I mean, I like more of that stuff, but like it would have been cool if maybe they touched on something a little different instead of just, well, here's the grass version of that one. Here's yeah. the ghost version of that one. And yeah, there, and are, there are a couple notable ones, but they're, I mean, they're all flat too. That, that's, yeah, that's kind true. of a bummer, but that's what's probably a limitation of the game. Yeah. Um, I, probably not a limitation of the game is, you know, not using the exact same podium from the Super Nintendo. Yeah, they don't drink in this one either. It's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of shortcuts, a lot of staples of like that first game, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm glad it like swayed your your opinion um what would you give it then like on the byron burn where does that sit for you oh this is a buy i this definitely jumped up the ladder on uh mario kart games i think this might be above super for me now um i mean it includes super so yeah (laughs) it might as well um and you know they remade a lot of these in you know obviously they they didn't bring in Here's the Game Boy one that took it's just a flat map for a minute. You know? Right. <laughs> they kind of remade them. But uh, I think in this lat- latest pack, is it Sky Garden, I think, is coming? Or has oh, come? Oh, yeah, there might be. That comes out soon, too, during Mario Week, I think. Or Mario Day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you, too. I mean, this this one was always a buy for me. Like I said, the Super Nintendo Mario Kart will probably forever be my favorite just nostalgia the amount of time and this having like a upgraded visuals you know plus the old game in it it's it's a pretty cool package i i, I do like i don't know if the art style holds up as much with them kind of like pushing the pseudo 3d stuff like it that stuff looked really kind of cool at the time so you didn't mind like the jagginess around it as much but i don't know that that is an art style that looks particularly great these days. However, it's not enough to like make me angry at the game. I think like the menu screen's a little more annoying than anything. Yeah. But yeah, I got, I got to buy it. I mean, I love it. I don't know if, I don't know where this one would rank on mine. Maybe third. I'd put this, I'd, I'd think it'd maybe stick with super and then I do double dash and then this one. All those yeah, those DS ones are pretty good too. DS ones are really good. Yeah, um, I I I just like you know going through them real quick too. You know, a race yeah. lasts two minutes at most. That's kind of nice too. Yeah, it's true because yeah, it's like what three laps and then you're done. I think yep. in super like some of them were five or maybe they're always five. I forget, but yeah. Yeah, it's a perfectly designed game for what they were going for on the platform. And it does a good job of showing the power, like you said, like the 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 jump from what the Game Boy could do. But then, like, you know, even what the Super Nintendo could do. And I think that that was that nostalgic angle that they really nailed. Nintendo nailed on the Game Boy Advance and they did a good job here. And this is the last one without a blue shell. So you have to buy it. Yeah, that's a, that's a selling point right there. <laughs> <laughs> damn blue shell 
Well, I suppose that's another episode, eh? Yeah. So, if you've ever played this game, uh, be sure to write to us at weekendrentalpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, let us know how many PlayStation games this is worth on a scale of how many <laughs> PlayStation games this game is worth. I would lo- love to know. Um, but until next time, be kind. Rewind. <laughs>